Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church as we interview our members. We also want to invite you to our live stream service at 9 a.m. this Sunday morning. You can find it on our website, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org, or on our Facebook page at Harvest Baptist Church. This week, we'll be back in our Jesus Changes Everything series. On Sunday, in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, be what you are. Let's uh, begin Harvest Time today by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be beginning this new series, and this will be the second week. Uh, our theme for the year at Harvest is uh, Jesus Changes Everything, and so that goes along with the theme for this series. We're just going to walk through the Sermon on the Mount. That's Jesus' teaching in uh, chapter 5, 6, and 7 of the book of Matthew. So many practical lessons and challenges that Jesus gives to his followers, his disciples. This is going to be a familiar text. I th actually, I think a lot of them will be. You'll, you'll be uh, familiar with a, a lot of the words and the phrases. Uh, but th these verses, these three verses are about salt and light. And as you mentioned, Chris, the title, Be What You Are, is really the idea. Jesus says, you're the salt of the, of the earth. Be, be salty. <laughs> I've called you to be the light of the world, so shine your light. Let it be clear. And so we want to talk through what that means. I hope it'll be encouraging and helpful for us in a time in our world when everything seems pretty dark. Uh, God's called us to be light and to be salt, and we want to be what he's called us to be. So we're looking forward to that. I hope that you'll join us uh, this Sunday. The live stream starts at 9 o'clock. You can catch it later uh, off the Facebook page or off of our uh, of our website, but we'd invite you to come and be a part of our gathering this Sunday at 9 a.m. Well, I'm really glad to have my friends with us today, Randy and Renza Lemuel, and uh, they've been on Harvest Time before, and I'm glad to have them back, introduce them to you again, specifically uh, this time because Randy has just recently been elected by our church family to our deacon group. And so we wanted to get them back and introduce them to you again. So welcome, Randy and Renza. So our deacons at Harvest, we have a good group. I think there's 11. Is that right, Chris? I think there's 11 deacons. We right have 13. Now. 13. I'm yeah. sorry. 13 deacons. Yeah. We just expanded our group a little bit over the last couple of years. And Randy was elected by our church body. That's how we do it every year we ask our church family to select some men that fit the biblical qualifications of deacons that are uh, found in the scriptures. Um, and uh, so I was so pleased when our church family elected Randy to this position. I know, Randy, you felt like a little bit overwhelmed by that and unworthy. I think each of our deacons feel that, but I'm, I'm glad and thankful for your willingness to serve in that way. I'm a runner, so when I think of this, I want to hide somewhere and run away. Uh-huh. But then God asked me, like, I asked, like, I was serving God. I must be where I am. I always think that I serve God, and, like, my heart was for the HPPC students ever since I graduated. So it's like I like to help them a lot in so many ways that I can. Mm -hmm. like, but then God put another thing 
I'm not worthy to be a deacon, but when I think of it, God, like there's one question always pop up in my mind. If not now, then why? If you run away, when? Mm. When are you gonna be ready? I just took it as a challenge and hoping, I know that the spirit in me will guide me. Amen, Randy, actually, I'm really, I'm really thankful for that. And I do think God was leading in this time and uh, and you, uh, by God's grace, your you and your family, you and Renza both have evidenced uh, the the faithfulness to God and His church and willingness to serve. And that's really what a deacon is: is a servant. That's mm-hmm. the word. And I think that's the one. You know, when you and I talked about this, you said, "I want to serve." And I think also, I think God's bringing you into a leadership role in some ways among parts of our church family, and I think that's an important thing. I really see the role of a deacon in three primary areas. It is to serve, and so there's many ways that our deacons just serve our church family and serve our pastoral team. And then it is to care. Acts 6 talks about this. We do that in some different ways with our deacons, but we have deacon watch care groups. So our church family is divided up into groups, and our deacons oversee a part of that church family, and we're just trying to care for people and meet needs and know and pray for each other. And then our deacons are also counselors to our pastoral team and to our church overall. Each of our deacons comes from different backgrounds and different perspectives, and it's really important. I know for me, you know, as one of the shepherds, it's important for me to hear different perspectives as we're trying to process how God is leading us as a church. And so those three areas, I believe God's called you to each of those, Randy, and I'm thankful for your voice and your servant's heart is on our team. Randy, tell me about your spiritual life. How did you come to know Jesus? You were born in Ponape, is that right? Yes, sir. I was born in Ponape, and there's two parts of my life. I stay with my immediate parents, like my mom and dad in town. But then later on, I have to go stay with my grandparents on the northern part of the island. And both of those places have a Baptist church. One is Pastor Samuel Willis in town. That's where I grew up, like most of my childhood. Good. And then during sixth grade and up, I went to Matalani, which is Pastor Pera Cruz, mm-hmm. and I Chinese church. And that's when I got saved in Pastor Pera Cruz. I grew up listening to the stories about the Bible. Like, I know everything right up here, mm-hmm. but not in here. Yeah. I seen like all men do it. My grandfather was one of the deacons for Pastor Veracruz Church. And I remember watching him like early in the morning reading his Bible, doing his devotion. To me, it's just a good scene. Like uh, maybe when I grow up, I'll do that, but not now. My Pastor Veracruz's wife was somehow related to my parents as well. So she always teaches Bible stories one of the Bible stories is about Lazarus and the rich man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lazarus went to heaven and the rich man called well. And she was straightforward. Like she asked the question. I know I was small then, but I got it in my mind. If you die, there's only two ways. There's no in between. There's no like other ways to heaven. Only either one way to heaven or after death, one way to heaven or one way to hell. 
And I know hearing about it, I don't want to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Even a small, I don't, I want to go to heaven. Right then, I accepted Christ by one of the workers. I still remember her name. Her name is Ermi. Ermi led me to the Lord when I was a child. Mm. But right now, when I look back, I look at like life without discipleship, like somebody to guide. I lost in the way mm-hmm. after I got saved like for a long time. Yeah, tell me what, so what changed about that? I think that's a, a pretty familiar story that people give their lives to Jesus, mm-hmm. but then if they're not disciple, they, they do kind of get lost in a way. What happened to change that? I didn't went to a private school. I went to a public school. Most of my friends are not saved. Most of them. I like challenges, so whatever, like, this guy say he can do, I can do much more than him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, those are bad stuff or good stuff. I'll go beyond the limit, try to excel myself above these other guys. And doing so, I got, like, got a loss doing all this stuff. But I respect my parents. They never see me do bad stuff. But they always hear it from other pupils. Mm-hmm. But it got to the point of where I got in trouble with that law. Mm-hmm. Or I remember I was small. The first time I went to a court, it's because I used a PP gun to shoot the kids that went to school. Mm-hmm. I went to school and they fight me and only me and my brother. There's only one way to the school and one way out is to pass by our house. So I wait for them and I say, I'll see you guys after school. So I shut them. But I never like, I grew up knowing to respect ladies. So I doesn't bother the girls. I always bother the guys. Mm. So I shoot these guys. So my grandmother somehow work it out and they let me go. Mm-hmm. But they keep the they sent me back to my real parents to stay after I finish elementary school. I went to stay with my real parents. I passed the test to go to a high school. I went there. The first time I went there, the first two weeks, there's a welcome party for the freshmen. I got kicked out the, right after the Christmas party. Mm. I'm one of those naughty kids that caused trouble, so I got kicked out. Go back again. The next year, get kicked out also. And then I say, ah, school is not for me. But I know God, like I still remember, like I look back and I know that God is drawing a picture of my life. Like when I look back, I say, this, he saved me from this, saved me from this. Right, yeah. And then I finally decided I'm a big boy when I was out of, I skipped out of high school. I'm going to run away from home, stay by myself. So I run away, stay by myself. But one thing that always stuck to this, like in my mind when I was naughty, I always remember my grandmother tell us every single one of these grandkids and families say, life, God made us to work. You want to leave, you got to work. So even though I run away at the rebellious kid, I know I have to work to leave. Mm-hmm. So I asked people to take their trash. We back home, we used to take up all to put trash inside. So I take it up and they pay me a little sum of money. So I thought that's a good life. And I'm into stuff that I'm not supposed to, so I train. It was like every 
week of my life that I ran away from my own, every weekend I have to end up go to the jail. And somehow God put one of my uncle-in-law to work as a jailkeeper. Mm. And three of my grandmother's family were in the government. Because if I get caught, I went to jail, my uncle will call one of them. Hey, this boy is here, he got caught because of this and this. And one of them will come get me and take to their place. One stayed in Sokas, one in Kichi, and one in Matalani. The one in Matalani took me to his place to beat the pigs and stay there, so I'm not going to be in town making trouble. But the one in Kichi took me down, all the way down south, to take care of his land and stay in his land. They're trying to help me, but back then I don't think they tried. Mm-hmm. My, 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 why are you guys taking me this far to I don't know. I'm just having the way of the world. The one in soccer take me to take care of his chicken. That's the one I don't like. Because I have to scoop the chicken poops mm. to make fertilizers to sell. Sure, yeah. And <laughs> That's not a fun That's job. That's not a fun job. <laughs> Within those things, I know that God is working in my life. Because I finally get tired of running around and I say, I'm going to go back home. So I went back to my mom. It sounds and, very similar to a story in the Bible of like the prodigal son, doesn't it? <laughs> Found yeah. himself in the pig pen and says, boy, I should go home. I went back home and like I tell my mom, I'm, I'm home, I'm ready. Whatever you want me to do, I'll babysit my two grand nieces or nephews, my older brothers, two boys. I'll just stay home. I'm not going to go around. And she said, wow, that's good. You have a change of mind. But that's me trying myself. I didn't ask mm. God for help. So I stay home, try my best to like not make my mom sad and my dad. So I stay home for a while and then I say, I want to go to school, to a Christian school. Mm. Even if it's a small school, I want to go there. If you guys can help me find one. And back then was Mr. Black was the like Mr. Mills. At Harvest Baptist Bible College, College. right? HBBC, okay. Back then was HBBI, right? institute still. Mm -hmm. They accept me, and I was really happy. And it came around the time that I should come. My pastor from Colonia, Pastor Wallace, said, oh, I don't think he's ready yet. So they turned me down. So I get mad again, run away. Mm. Then when I came back to my mom, I said, I'm going to try again. Then try it again. My pastor from the other church say I'm not ready. Three times, they say I'm not ready. The third one is my dad. He just cut the thing and ripped it in my face like, mm. you're not going to. So I was a little bit bitter and just say, yeah, I'm not coming back. I ran away from home and things happened that it's not good. For me. So I went back home. The guy that got me, he said, either you go back to your parents or we'll put you in jail for a certain period of time. And somehow my other uncle was a judge married to one of my aunties, my mother's cousins. She said, uh, he's going to help you. And this is what you're supposed to do. Go and stay home. Don't go away. I went back home. And then I said, 
I might as well try again the school. I asked my mom and dad, and we tried again, and I got accepted. I was so excited that time. I said, yeah, Lord, even if you open a small door for me, I'll go through and follow you. And he opened a door for me to come here. Mm. What year um, was that? I want to say 99 or 98. Okay. 99 or 98. Okay. On that day that I was supposed to come here, I see the other returning students and some of the freshmen. I was so excited. And the same day, like tomorrow is that they were going, my brother called from the state. Hey, you want to come visit me? I said, sure. I wasn't really thinking. I said, sure, I want to go. And in my mind, like, wow, America, that's the place I'm going to set foot on. Yes. Mm. I was excited. And the next day, I was really excited about what my brother's news. He said, I'm already paid for everything. All you have to do is follow this flight to this, this and come. I went to the, like, all my parents, like, other religious gathered to say bye to me to go to the state instead of coming to HPBI. I went to the airport. Before I'm going to leave, I saw these other students from HPBI. Outside of me was excited, but inside, I know I'm, like, running. Because mm. I asked God for one thing, and he opened it, and I ran away from it. I came all the way to Guam. That flight reached Guam. It got delayed one day. And my brother called his best friend to pick me up and up me for one night. So I got up with my brother's best friend, and he took me from the airport down, and we run down. And there's a big sign on the intersection. Say, Arpest Baptist Church, Arpest Bible Institute, Arpest Christian Academy. It make my heart more sink when I look at that mm. thing. Mm. And then I came down, and he said, because I love basketball. We stay, and then he said, evening, we're going to go play basket. I said, you really? He said, yeah. I say, where? It's just down the road. <laughs> I was so happy to play basket. And we walked down and he said, you know what is this? This is our best Baptist church. There are Micronesian kids here. Inside I say, stop saying that. I already know it. Mm. I'm sad about it already. And at night time I was thinking about it. Yeah, God gave you and you're running again. So I run from God again. Like in my mind, like in my heart, I know I'm running. Went all the way to the state, stay with my brother, work for two years, and he said, want to go to a Bible college? And I say, yeah. We look around. It's not like, it's funny because he's in South Carolina. We went to a place called Tabernacle. We went there, he said, they say you can hang around in the dorm, spend night for two days. If you're going to like the place, you can mm -hmm. apply. I stay there. It's good. It's a small college, but I'm I feel uncomfortable because everybody's white except me. Like all <laughs> oh, those guys like a mustache. Like, <laughs> I say I like it, but hmm, is there another one? We look around, nothing. And he say, "You want to go to where Rickson Killing, Pastor Killing went?" I say sure. Say let's go check it. It was in. Latimore, North Carolina. We drive up there. Once we reach there, I say, yeah, this is the one. He doesn't even ask. I say, yeah, this is the one. I like this. It's way up there, way out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. The guy there, 
the president of the school, they call him Dr. Ron Comport. And somehow I heard this with like his testimony. This guy is a walking Bible. Mm-hmm. Or when I see him in real life, I say, oh yeah, that's him. It's like even a little bit shorter than, <laughs> but when he speaks, it's like powerful. Like, yeah. And all these some all these workers were not like education like majors. All of them were like working in the field. People, all mostly missionaries and pastors. And I see it like, wow, this is different. And every day is chapel, so I have to wear this. Shooting and this tie every day. <laughs> that like that's the out like turning point of my life. I say, God is so good. I mm. run, but He still provide a school for me. So I'm gonna stick to it. So I went there for one year, and then my brother said, "Hey, guess what? I call Mr. Fleck, and they said you're still on the list. You can go back." But in my heart, I was going to school there, but my heart was still longing for HPBI. So I went back all the way to office, mm. finished my school year. And at the same time, like, if God is a God of one chance, two chances, or three chances, this guy won't be here. Yeah, I'm man. not going to be here. God gave me a more than a lot of chances. There's a lot of mistake along the way. There's a lot of things. But he smoothed it out for me. Not in a good way sometimes, like, Right. Yeah. I have to go through a lot of pain for it. It's a great story, Randy, of God just giving us multiple chances, right? Yeah. The thing is, I ask for harvest. I run from God all the way to the other side of the world. He mm. bring me back all the way to where he promised me. Mm-hmm. So if you ask me, God is real. It's not only real. God is great. Mm. Mr. Baldwin will say, God is good. And I know God is good. Mm-hmm. Not just today. God is good all the time, at yeah. all times. Yeah. Thank you. I took a lot of time. No, talking, it's so. great, Randy. Thank you for sharing, really, and God's and the story of God's faithfulness. Yeah. It's really an important story. Renza, tell us about how you connected in here. You're from Chuuk, right, originally? Yes, I'm from Chuuk. I got saved when I was 19, when I was a student at HBC, HBI that time. I got saved during a revival with Tom Farrell, I think. Yeah. And I still remember what he spoke about that day. It was about a mass, like how you put a mass on here. And I I knew that I was being pretending to be a Christian just so I can come to school mm-hmm. at HUPI, but I wasn't. So. God comforted me, and I. That's when I got saved. I got to know Christ as my personal savior. Hmm. And then you guys have how many children, Renza? We have five. Okay. Uh, we have one child that died when he was two days old, hmm. and God uh, bless us with our youngest one, Rosalia. So four children here, one in heaven. One, yes. Yeah. Well, I'm so thankful for both of you guys. I mean, you're, uh, you have servants' hearts, um, and uh, you're just faithfully serving God, love people. It's, I'm so, so grateful that God has you here at Harvest. 
Uh, maybe just for one quick minute, Randy, I know that you're burdened about this, and I am too. Can you tell me quickly just about some of the challenges of the Micronesian community here on Guam? Uh, I was asking you before, you know, both of your families, um, uh, your brothers and sisters, uh, uh, Renza, all your family is here on Guam, right? Yes. No longer in Chuuk. Randy, you said you have eight brothers and sisters, and uh, five of them are in the States, only two left in Ponape. So many of the Micronesian uh, community is spread out, and many are here on Guam. What are some of the particular challenges for the Micronesian community here? What do you mean by challenges? Like, like um, you know, some of the hard things that they're experiencing, maybe some of the spiritual needs. Okay. Like right when you ask about like Micronesians, I got a little up a little bit. I have this picture in my mind like these guys have graduated already. I'm trying to not trying. We were trying like I asked my wife there like we we're looking for people to help us. He gave us Ernie, Bian, Edwin, and then now Clinton. Like I'm trying to picture like. How can I reach the people? But the people, Micronesians here, all I know is like the struggle back home, like wanting to be, like wanting to support. Most of the people that are away from home is mm. looking for like life, right? Right, trying to support yeah. their families. Yeah, trying to support them. And I'm, I'm not against in that, but there's another life that we're really placed on this earth for to like the bubbles describe us as just passengers, right? Mm -hmm. We're just passing through here. And there's an important task for like for me, like I look at it, how can I reach these people? And God already say, there are the answer. And then Clinton start talking to me about this and this. Maybe God is really working mm -hmm. in some ways too. Like I want the Bible study. My wife started a Bible study. I keep saying, I want to meet with these guys. But then this happened. This COVID thing happened. So a lot of that changed. But I still can meet with Clinton. I still can meet. God opened a lot of doors, and I don't know how to use them. Well, I think it's something, yeah, thank you. That's really helpful because I, I think it's something our church in general is so burdened for. And what you said, Randy, I thought was really important. People, um, as I'm sensing it too, leaving some of the Micronesian islands and they're looking for something. They might not even know what they're looking for. I mean, they think they're looking for jobs and better life. You know, it could be any number of things. But um, just like any other decision that we make like that, they get here to Guam and they might find a job, but they find out, you know what, life is still just yeah. life. <laughs> what I thought might be the answer, whether I go to America or Guam or any place else, that something's, you know, just going to automatically better be better. We find out that's not true because we're looking really for spiritual meaning and purpose. And so I'm, I'm burdened because I think that there's so many of the Micronesian community here on our island that God loves so much. And I think he's brought them here you know, for a number of reasons, but one of them is that they'd be able to hear about the glorious gospel of Jesus and the hope that's found in the scriptures. So as a church, we're burdened. I know that your family is burdened for um, many, many Micronesians across Guam, that they would hear about Jesus and know about his love for them. So 
Thank you guys for serving in, uh, you know, in so many ways. Thank you be, for being willing to step out of your comfort zone um, in order to be used of God. I'm, I'm glad for what God's doing in your life, in your family, and then how he's going to use that to impact our community. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Mr. Oliver. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, we want to personally invite you again to join us for our live stream service, 9 a.m. this Sunday morning from Harvest Baptist Church. You can find it on our website, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org, or on our Facebook page at Harvest Baptist Church. This week, we'll be back in our Jesus Changes Everything series. This Sunday, Matthew 5, 13 through 16, Be What You Are. We'll also carry the Sunday morning live stream here on 88.1 FM, so you can listen in that way if you choose. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.